Hey everybody, what's up, what's up, what's up? Freedom now, travel, express yourself, express yourself. This is about passion, this is about living. This is about living a life where you are completely soaring in what you do and how you express yourself to your committed partner and how you are moving in life powerfully, freely, casting off limitations and caps and ways of seeing yourself that eclipse how you get to be and how you get to express yourself. So we're gonna talk about freedom now, travel, ways in which passion get to be expressed because of travel. And I'm really excited to be able to share with you some of my travel stories. There are tons that I have in my back pocket. that at some point I'm looking forward to being able to share with you and uh, seeing what there is to see, maybe even for yourself and my share. I'm looking forward actually to this series. So you can expect quite a few episodes uh, up until mid-February or the end of February, really, where I'm intending to have a podcast each week and really get some stories out there so that people get to express themselves, get to enjoy being ignited or reignited when it comes to passion in your life and the ways in which that can be expressed. It's going to be a wonderful walk down memory lane for me. We're going to meet some stellar guests, people who've traveled all over the world, people who have adventures upon adventures, people who've met awesome people in their walks, who have experienced wonderful moments of bliss just by being one with nature in some form or fashion, people who've gotten the chance to express themselves in ways that they weren't able to just hanging around, living a regular life. Nothing's wrong with a regular life, if that's what you want to do. Regular is regular, right? Is it passion? Is it passionate? Is it an impassioned life? I'm going to assert that it is none of those. (laughs) And so we're talking about ways in which we get to live a life that we completely are soaring. You'll hear me say that word frequently throughout the episodes to come because soaring for me is an image and an experience of being free. And that could be with wings attached or not. (laughs) And I am no heights guy. I'm not a fan. I've gone to the top of Empire State Building or the Rockefeller Center, actually, not even the Empire State Building, but uh, or gone up the Washington Monument or I was in Shanghai and went to the top of the let's see what is it it's it's not the needle the needle is in seattle but the name will come to me and i'll get a chance to to share that with you but uh, and have experienced what it is to be high i love amusement rides and have done rides that take you way up and then drop you down (laughs) i actually don't have to do that again i've done that twice once in madrid and once in uh, los angeles but I like soaring because soaring with wings or without is a sense of freedom. It is aliveness. 
it is the idea of being enlivened. And so you'll hear me use that term frequently, I'm sure, throughout the upcoming episodes. I'm really thrilled to be here with you and to be able to share a little bit of myself and a little bit of what what I would say is impassioned living, where one casts off restraints of limitations, of shoulds, of other people's ideas of what it means to live your life, where you cast that off. And it doesn't mean to be undisciplined. I know some people may hear the idea of a passionate life as one without controls or one without boundaries or literally a a casting off of restraints such that you are out of control. And that's not what I mean. I want you to hear it differently. Uh, It's more about passion that gets expressed through laser focus. And the, the laser focus that we're using, actually the lens, is travel. How do we get to express ourselves and travel in a way that is impassioned, that is one that allows us to be fully self-expressed? All right, so I'm glad that you're joining us today for this episode, episode number one. Things to look forward to for the upcoming episodes in the next several weeks. All right, let's jump straight into it. What do I mean by passion? What is it to live a a passionate life versus an impassioned life? Are they one and the same? Does it really matter? Maybe it doesn't matter, but let's talk about it anyway. Like in all of the workshops that I give, I always start with definitions just to make sure that we're on the same page because we all have meanings for different words or from a different vantage point that we may be approaching whatever the topic is. So let's start with that. What do I mean by a passionate life? Well, a passionate life is one that is fully self-expressed, that is empowered, that is powerful and strong, that chooses boundaries that are expandable, that is freeing. And that's what I would say I mean by passionate living or a passionate life and being able to express that. Now, an impassioned life is one that is infused with the core values of passion. What are core values of passion? Well, I've mentioned two of them already. The, one suggests energy. Energy is associated with freedom. So your freedom is energized in such a way that you are powerful at it. It's strong, it's resolute, and it resonates And when I say resolute, it is definitive. It's not something that is wistful or ethereal or just floating in the air. It's not one that comes and goes. It's something that is definite and strong. One way to consider, and this is what I'm talking about when it comes to an impassioned life, definite and strong and resolute and energizing, uh, it is the gas actually that gives your passion passion. And so when one has an impassioned life, that your approach to life is enlivening. It is full and filled up, but not filled up so that it's just, for lack of a better term, junk. But it is full and filled up and that your gas tank is overflowing. When, when, when your gas tank is overflowing and you have an impassioned life such that you can live a passionate life through freedom, expression, and travel, 
freedom now, travel, express yourself, then that means your, your gas tank is overflowing, actually. You're not pulling from the source. You're the source. You actually are living life on the overflow of your energy. There's something about being joyful that's connected to passionate living uh, that gets to be expressed through travel even. Now, I, I do want to add this counterpart to it. doesn't mean that people who are what we call homebodies don't have a passionate life. doesn't mean that. It might be expressed differently. They could be expressing it, for instance, in gardening. Someone, and not all homebodies, of course, are, home, are gardeners. No, I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> But I can think of people who really like to stay close to their local environment, and they were amazing green thumbs. This is them expressing a passion for life through growth and expansion, through cultivation and caretaking. That is a strong passion that I've seen exhibited throughout my relationships with my family members, certain family members, and with other friends and their families. And I love seeing it. It could be someone who, like me, loves to travel. And so they maybe haven't traveled outside of the country yet, but they have gone to all 50 states. And they are interested in creating experiences for themselves and their lives such that they have a life that is expanded, expanded living. Uh, so it doesn't mean that someone has to be one who travels all over the place, not necessarily. And it doesn't mean that, you know, it's in contradistinction to staying at home. So one can have a passionate life or live an impassioned life uh, and it be quite full. And some might even say regular. <laughs> a little side note, I have this phrase that I use uh, as it relates to regular living. So you can take this with a grain of salt, but usually I say uh, something along the lines of save me from the doldrums of regular living. I don't want to be regular. I, actually, <laughs> it's whatever conversation I have about being regular. It, I, I don't want a regular life. And this is what a regular life looks like to me. So when I say someone has an impassioned life, I do not mean this if they're living a life that's close to the house. <laughs> but a regular life in general, when I'm saying save me from the doldrums of regular life, is boredom. A life, you go to work, you do what you do, you come home, you cook dinner, you watch a little bit of television, you go to sleep and you wake up and you do that pattern again. It's a life that is same old, same old. A life that maybe is boring. So that's what I mean by regular life. When you hear me use that term, that's that's the meaning. <laughs> it is a life that is not impassioned whatsoever. It is a life actually that is given over to same old, same oldness, patterned living where boredom takes over. It's not even necessarily equated with a disciplined life. It could be, but it doesn't necessitate that it is. It could be a life actually that is resigned to same old, same oldness. Something to consider. Who do you know that fits into that category? Doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them if that's what they're choosing. Doesn't mean that it's anything bad about it if that's what they're choosing. The power is in the choice. 
And the power is in living life in which you feel enlivened and get to experience the energetic flow of freedom and aliveness. That's that's where passion comes in. All right, so now that we've gotten all of that out of the way, let's talk a little bit about how I get to express passion through travel. Here's some stories that, that uh, I'll share to open us up with in my realm of travel. I've been all over the world and had a chance to go around the Cape Horn in South America. I've gone to the great continent of Africa. Let's see, how many times? Nah, I, I think two times. I've been to Egypt, I've been to South Africa, I've done, um, so, uh, uh, did a, a safari, I think, let's see, through Namib Namibia and Botswana. Um, it was a three-day jaunt, actually, from South Africa. And what else? Have I been there? No, I think so, twice. Egypt was amazing. The Great Pyramids of Giza, phenomenal. That's actually when I really got the reality of what it means to go inside a pyramid. I did not go inside. My passion did not propel me to go inside those very tight enclosed spaces. <laughs> Actually, I was passionately a no for going inside one of those when I saw that it was really tight. I don't think I'd make a great uh, cave diver either, if that's the case. Uh, <laughs> but I've also gone to Asia, particularly to China twice. So I've been to the Great Wall of China and did the toboggan ride down the wall, as it were. And that was that was a blast. Um, and went to Hong Kong and Shanghai. Uh, so experienced the mainland as well as Hong Kong, quite different. Uh, uh, where else have I gone? So South America, Asia, Europe, of course, I've gone to Europe. And uh, my very first trip to Europe was in 2007. It was an amazing trip, five weeks solo, and got a chance to meet a lot of folks. Actually, that's where I got turned on to Spain. <laughs> it was not even on the list, nowhere on the list. And yet I was open to whatever, whatever showed up in my travels. I had a plan. And you know, my plan I call a breathable structure. This is actually how I live my life in general. I like breathable structures. There's a structure in place. And it's flexible. It can change. I can allow for things to come in that might change the structure and cause me to go a different route. So it's a breathable structure. And that's what I experienced in my trip there to Europe. Where else? I've gone, of course, to Mexico and Canada. And, and so these are spots that are close by. I have yet to go to Australia. It is on the list. And I have some friends in New Zealand that I want to visit and some friends in Australia. I definitely want to get down there. And actually, before the great coronavirus hit, had plans to go with a friend for a wedding that she was attending for her family members. And that was canceled. We weren't able to make that trip. I have done the El Camino, El Camino de Santiago de Compostela, which is a 500-mile journey. Now, I've not done the 500-mile journey yet. However, that was what was supposed to take place this past summer. And once again, a casualty of the coronavirus was my trip. Couldn't do it because we weren't being allowed 
to even get into France, we were going to start in France. The place is called Saint-Jean-Pied-du-Port, which is at the base of the Pyrenees. And we're going to start there and do the entire 500-mile journey. So 40-day journey. And I was going with a friend of mine. And yeah, both of us had to get a refund on our tickets. And we were both disappointed and yet understood. We can travel. We're in the middle of a pandemic. But I was looking forward to that, and that is going to happen this summer. So, hey, if any of you want to join, uh, she's still a yes, I believe. We're, we're planning for her to, to go because, uh, yeah, it was actually her idea. I had already done three legs of El Camino in the last 100 miles or so from different uh, directions. So I've done it from the what's called the... French way, so El Camino Frances. I've done it from the English way, El Camino Inglés, which is from the west part um, or northwest part. I've done it from El Camino Portugués, from the Portugal side. And it's just the last 100 miles or so, or slightly less, between 70 to 100 miles from, from um, our starting point. And so it was fantastic. I, I love the walk. I love doing it. It was an amazing journey each time and the different spaces that we were able to travel through. And I went with different people each time. So it was a different experience uh, each time. And of course, uh, the people that I met along the way, phenomenal experiences with encountering people and hearing their stories and listening to their lives and what they were on the, the way for. And El Camino means the way in Spanish. And the the official name of the pilgrimage is El Camino de Santiago de Compostela. The city is uh, Santiago de Compostela, and that is located in the northwestern part of Spain. And the original way starts in Paris, actually. So it's a little longer than 500 miles, but officially starts in Saint-Jean-Pied-du-Port. So it's like the foot of the port, if my French does not betray me. <laughs> my knowledge of my of French does not betray me. Uh, so I have not started that yet. I haven't started the journey, but it is already planned. And so we're just going to put the plans for June. 40 days, 500 miles. That's right. And I'm looking forward to it. So my travels have taken me all over the world and still yet lots more to see. Lots more to see. Some of the people that I've had the privilege of meeting continue to impact my life. For instance, I was in Berlin, my first time in Germany, ended up meeting a dear friend, Rafael is his name, ended up meeting a dear friend and didn't know at the time, but ended up seeing him in two places just serendipitously. And for me, serendipity means, ah, we probably should connect. And because of that connection, that's how I fell in love with Spain, with Madrid in particular. Although I, I've been to a lot of different parts of Spain, clearly, from Ibiza to, uh, oh, the names are escaping me, Andalusia to uh, Sevilla to uh, Toledo, which is just 30 minutes or so outside of Madrid, but an amazing city. Uh, and... Lots, lots more other places to, to name, uh, including Galicia and areas in the northern parts to uh, even 
Basque country, El País Pasco. Uh, it's an amazing, you know, Spain has an enriching history, like any nation, of course. It has four main cultures, if you will, that are standout. And for instance, Spanish as a, an official language is an all-encompassing language, meaning the entire country officially speaks Spanish, but you have Catalonia, which is, and there they speak Catalan. It is an official language there and a distinct culture there. It's got Basque or Basque, if you will, Basco, El País Basco. So the, the Basque country, they speak Basque. It's a different language, an amazingly different language altogether. It's complicated and hard to learn and concerning because if they are not as intentional, the language can disappear. But they're quite intentional. So when you go to Basque country, you'll see that signs are written in Basque and the Basque is taught in school. Smart that they have instituted that for sure. And Galicia, it's, you know, you're speaking Gallego. Uh, and so it's a mixture of um, the Irish Gaelic and Roman um, Latin and what's become now, you know, Spanish. <laughs> and so it has that mixture there. And culturally it's got, got a lot of Irish influence or Gaelic influence, if you will. Maybe that's it's better said that way. Uh, and so you'll see a lot of those traditions and stories even are connected to uh, Gaelic traditions and culture. So, I, you know, I just fell in love with the country and I love being there and actually started going quite frequently for some time. And, and, and now the my amount of travel there has waned, but usually I had, it had become before I was going four and five, six times a year, <laughs> saying, you know, 10 days at a time and two weeks at a time, if not longer. And uh, now it, then it became, you know, I went once or twice a year. And so this time I haven't gone, we're in a pandemic. I've mentioned that three times now, <laughs> but it doesn't mean that the passion for visiting and hanging out and being there is not there. It is absolutely there. So that's a, a little bit about how I ended up making my way to Spain. It was not even on my list. Actually, uh, I had intended to go to Turkey. And after my time in Italy for a week, and I decided uh, maybe I'll forego Turkey and just go to Spain. I had been invited uh, actually by Rafael, who happened to be on vacation. And I decided to take him up on the invitation and connected with him via email and said, hey, that'd be great. I'm planning to come to Madrid. And that in and of itself was, <laughs> was an adventure. So a, a little bit about how my time in Europe went. I started in France, missed my flight, because the flight was scheduled at 12. I thought midnight. The flight was scheduled at 12 noon. But I already paid for my ticket, of course. Well, go figure when I get that the flight leaves at 12 noon, 
it is actually going on 12 noon. <laughs> so I had to rebook my ticket for the next day. I was not canceling the trip. No, I was going and just paid a little extra, 200 plus dollars extra and uh, made my way and you know, touched ground in Paris and it was phenomenal just encountering the city. I stayed for a week and ended up doing, I don't know if you've heard of this, but couch surfing, fantastic program, couch surfing. And there was another app. I'm not sure if it's still actually either of these two, another application at work, uh, hospitalityclub.org, I think was the name of that. So those two, and the reason I like to use those is I wanted to meet people where I could connect easily um, and be able to have some type of contact already set up when I hit the ground. And it was an, an amazing way to do the trip because then I met folks who could give me the lay of the land, who were friendly, who were open, who opened their homes. And it allowed me to be able to at least want to share my home when they came to the States. Nobody ever came that I know of. Well, actually people did, but they never made it to Los Angeles. I was living in Pasadena at the time. And, uh, but it, it was an amazing trip and being able to meet folks and, and see the sights and be wild, um, wowed, I think that's a, a better way to say it, by the, 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 the places and the spaces that I was able to, to navigate. So that was great. That's, it was in Paris for a week and then I went to um germany did i go to germany or italy i went to germany actually so here here's the deal you know i lived in ecuador for six months stayed there first for three months took a leave of absence from law school and divinity school and was there for three months because i wanted to learn spanish and although i, I didn't it wasn't a program i was able to meet a family and they said hey come down when you graduate just come down and you stay for a year and you can work with us on English and you can learn Spanish. And I thought, why wait? <laughs> so I went down, took a leave of absence for that semester from my, my dual degree program and stayed there. And while there, made contact a week before returning to the States, made contact with a law firm where I wanted to do my summer associateship uh, for law school at this firm. And they, they were game. And so I went back that summer for two and a half months and, and continued my time there, staying in a different location, different neighborhood, a different family. It was a phenomenal time. While there, ended up meeting travelers. I would hang out and spot travelers and see if I could say where that person was from. That was a game I played uh, with some of the locals that I ended up meeting there. And one person I met, Michael. And turns out he was on a year-long trip traveling through Europe and he was from Germany. So never had a desire to go to Germany, but because I knew someone there, when I did design my trip seven years later to go to Europe, Germany was on the list. I connected with him and I said, hey, I'd love to come visit. He said, fantastic, come on. So finished my time my first week in Paris. Then I flew to Germany and I thought I was just going to hang out uh, with, with Michael. You know, he'd go to work and I'd just hang out. No, this guy, great friend that he is, takes the entire week off. We, I get a chance to look at Köln. I get a chance to kind of pass through Dusseldorf. But we went to Berlin 
he drove to Berlin. I got a chance to see Berlin and hang out in Berlin. Go figure, which is where I met my good friend Rafael from Madrid. Uh, serendipity all the way around. And that's when I discovered Berlin and really enjoyed my time there and really enjoyed my time in Germany. Thanks to my host. It was great. Left Germany, went to Roma, went to Rome. And there, man, that was an amazing place. Just uh, history alive, history made real, tangible, palpable. I was amazed just walking the streets. It's like walking the streets of gold, gold history there. I, I loved every moment of it. And the people that I got a chance to meet, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, met a good friend while there and just really had a blast being able to go to the beach at the Mediterranean side, of course, and um, being able to hear stories of from others who were there while, you know, I had dinner. I remember a young lady telling me her story and she happened to see a friend that she hadn't seen in a long time. She was like, Luca, ciao, Luca. This is what I remember. <laughs> so anyway, I could go on and on and on, but this is just a little taste about it. traveling and being able to express oneself in, in such a way so that you get to experience what impassioned living looks like feels like and is like. So I invite you on this journey. Take this ride with me, this freedom flight, as we soar through the skies in living a passionate life and enjoying what it is to be free through travel. So freedom now, travel. Express yourself. Gotta be you and only you, baby. Express yourself. Look out for the next episodes in the next coming weeks. Thanks for riding this freedom train. Ciao.